This is a trigger warning that the following podcast talks about eating disorders. There are also some references to suicide attempts and depression. If this affects you, please see the show notes for resources. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Oh my gosh, hey, hello, welcome back to another episode of the Eat With Ali podcast. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. It is lovely seeing you back here at another episode. Welcome. I hope your day has been as fabulous as you are. Sending love to you all, hope you're all well. Let's get into it. So, first of all, of course, we've got what I'm proud of myself for this week. It is, drum roll please, sauna! I've been wanting to do this for a while and I finally said, why the fuck am I not doing it? And now I've done it. I've done it! I have now added it to my routine, so now, after every gym or Muay Thai session, I'm just going to go to the sauna after. And yes, it is freaking freezing right now, but it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter because by the time you get out of the sauna, you are as hot as a summer's day. So, no harm done. And because the the biggest reason that I've wanted to get into sauna is because of all of the health benefits that there is for it. And just in case you don't know, I'm going to share about 10 sauna benefits to get you all into it too. Because honestly, it is so beneficial for you and... I'm going to share with you why. So you can hop on the bandwagon too. Fit it in your routine so that it becomes a non-negotiable. Then it will become just a part of your everyday life. Like meditation. Hopefully you've got it into that. If not, hop onto meditation too. But otherwise, here, let's get into the 10, 10 benefits into sauna's greatness. Also, if you couldn't give a rat's ass about what I have to say about saunas, which I'm sure isn't the case because honestly, it's good stuff. It's, it's really good stuff. Whatever. It's your loss kidding but not really (laughs) anyways skip till about 10 minutes into this episode so you can avoid me talking about the wonders and the magic of saunas thanks ah that's enough yapping for me let's go jokes is not the end of my yapping i have one more thing to say (laughs) i hope everyone starts using the word yapping isn't it so funny i love the word yapping it's i'm just like quit yapping stop it i mean it's better than saying shut the fuck up not that you should be really saying that to people anyways all right now i'm really up and on let's get into it let's go let's go all right so number one is it improves your heart health 
So regular sauna usage has shown to reduce the risk of all-cause mortality and cardiac incidents along with reduced risk of stroke and hypertension. Wow. Number two is sauna helps to cleanse and beautify your skin. So I certainly didn't know this, but did you know that heat bathing is one of the oldest beauty and health strategies to cleanse your skin? So when you start to deep sweat, the skin is cleansed and the dead skin cells are replaced. So this keeps your skin in a beautiful condition. So sweating actually rinses bacteria out of the epidermal layer and sweat ducts. It helps cleanse your pores and give off a softer looking quality of your skin. Wow. Number three is that saunas actually help you recover after your exercise. It helps relax your muscles and soothes any aches and pains that you may have in your muscles and joints. Number four is that saunas reduce blood pressure. This is because saunas help widen your blood vessels and improve circulation, which therefore reduces blood pressure. Number five is that saunas flush toxins. Wow. So if you regularly use saunas, the high penetrating heat is actually used to remove undesirable toxins from your body. Incredible. Number six is that it improves, saunas improve your brain health. So there was a 25-year study conducted with over 2,300 participants at the University of Eastern Finland by Dr. Jari Laukenen. This study revealed that if you have regular sauna use from, for about like four to seven times per week at 176 degrees Fahrenheit, which is 80 degrees Celsius, for 19 minutes per session, it actually helps lower the risk for both Alzheimer's and dementia. Isn't that like just fascinating? Like go team sauna. Benefit number seven is that sauna relieves stress. So the heat of the sauna helps us to relax and regulate the level of cortisol in our blood. Cortisol, by the way, is the hormone that is released when we're stressed and too high levels of cortisol can actually lead to problems such as immune system health issues and troubles with sleeping. So saunas, therefore, reduce our levels of cortisol in the blood and instead, guess what? Guess what? It stimulates the production of serotonin and serotonin is our happy hormone that makes us feel like a lord. I'm sure by all the points I've said so far, it's enough for you to hop into a sauna right now. But as a matter of fact, I have another three benefits to mention to you. How exciting. Let's get onto it. Number eight is that saunas induce a deeper sleep. Oh, hallelujah. So saunas can help you have a more deeper and relaxed sleep. This is also because of the muscle tension that is being released when you go to the sauna. This triggers your brain to tell your body that it is time to go to sleep. So I therefore try to have my sauna sessions towards the end of the day. Muay Thai is at the end of the day anyway, so so far for the amount of sessions that I've done in the sauna, I feel really sleepy afterwards. But I'm also always sleepy, so I'll have to get back to you on that, whether or not that's just me being tired in general after doing a killer workout as well. Yeah, but anyways, that's that's a known benefit, so I'm keen to have more and sooner sleeps. It is hard for me to get to sleep, but then it's hard for me to get up. Anyways, Number nine is that saunas help you build a stronger immune system. So it can actually help reduce the amount of colds and influenzas that you have. This is because the steam and the heat in the sauna produces white blood cells more rapidly. And the white blood cells 
help to fight illnesses and helps to kill viruses. And on top of that, saunas can actually help relieve those shitty feelings that you have when you have a cold, like the sinus congestions. And that actually also applies to allergies. But also not recommending for you to go into a sauna filled with people, if there's any, when you're sick. Because that's not nice. We don't want to get people sick. But anyways, just an added bonus. Maybe if you get a, a, a house sauna, then you can do that. But yeah, not recommending that part. All right. And number 10 is ah, saunas help you get into a better mood. If you're feeling shit, go to the sauna. Studies show that sauna sessions can lift your mood, which is awesome. And it's probably tied to the fact that you're relaxed now. Yeah, who doesn't? If you're feeling shit, just literally say, all right, BRB, going to the sauna. That can be your version of going for a walk, getting outside. That can be your place of chill. So next time you're wanting to do something naughty, go to the sauna. Anyways, thank you for listening. That is my 10 reasons as to why you, you, you should start the sauna today or as soon as possible. Most gyms, I believe, have saunas. Apartment buildings have saunas. I don't believe that they're too hard to come by. So if you can hop on it, get on it right now. So this applies into the next thing that I was going to say is that there's this quote that's been floating around saying that, ready? If you weren't ready, you wouldn't have the opportunity. I'm letting that sink in. If you weren't ready, you wouldn't have the damn opportunity. Okay, so you can use that for literally anything in your life. We're going to use that for the sauna from today's recommendation, but also for your eating disorder. Okay, if you weren't ready, the opportunity wouldn't be there. And you can use your sign as your opportunity. That sign being this podcast. If you weren't ready, you wouldn't be listening. And honestly, like... I like this quote because it reminds me that, yeah, I have the opportunity to do something. But I also believe in, so this kind of like almost makes this quote irrelevant, but not not exactly, I don't know, you decide. I think that there is never a stage where you will be 100% ready for anything. I think it's about taking that leap of faith to step out of your comfort zone and do what scares you because then you've conquered a fear. You're thinking with love, not fear. You're stepping out of your comfort zone, which is actually a really hard thing to do. So good on you if you are. And you're facing your fears. You're leveling up in life. Fucking bravo to you. So yes, I like the quote because it reminds me that I have the opportunity to do things. Because there's a difference between can't versus won't. There's some things that I maybe like literally can't do. Example, join little athletics because I'm too old. But there's stuff that I won't do, for example, like just until recently, it was the sauna. I could have gone. I have a gym membership that has a sauna. I have other places that have a sauna and I just wasn't doing it. So it's not that I couldn't do it. It's that I wouldn't. So every time there is something that you're hesitating to do, maybe you fear doing it. It's out of your comfort zone. You're worried about doing it. You're just assuming the worst. Who fucking knows? It's just up in the air, whatever it is that you want to do. Ask yourself, is it because I can't or because I won't? I'll leave you with that one to sink in again. The episode is still running. I'm just letting you sink in, okay? 
Anyways, today we are talking all about, oh, thank you. I hope you enjoyed my little sauna segment. Unless you skipped it, then hi, welcome. We're talking now about binge eating, understanding your triggers. So this episode's more going to be about, I'll tell you what's in the episode. We're going to be talking about what binge eating is, signs and symptoms of it, some questions to ask yourself and addressing your triggers. So that's what this episode is going to be about. I would highly recommend to probably listen to this one first so you can have a bit of an idea more about it, but then go back to episode two, which is how I stopped my binge eating. So I have all of the different ways. There was quite a lot. I don't remember how many uh, different ways that I used to help me stop binge eating. It took me a long time to figure out that list and what actually helped me. So give them all a crack. You don't have to do it all at the same time. But I definitely recommend if you feel like maybe one of those strategies aren't working, then try another one. But everything that I mentioned that episode really helped me, like really, really helped me. So I'm sure it will help you. Love you. So yeah, this episode is more focused on what binging is and everything else that I just mentioned that I'm sure you haven't forgotten. But I do also suggest some ways to help overcome these binge eating triggers. Just if you want more information, go back to episode two. So let's get at it. So when I would binge eat, I would always kind of go through this cycle. Stage one for me, I'd say I'd want food. I'd feel quote unquote hungry. Probably was just wanting to emotionally eat. Refer back to my previous episode for more about that. But yeah, so I would feel quote unquote hungry feeling deprived of food, whatever you want to call it. So I'd go eat. I'd eat large and excessive amounts of food. Normally 10 times the amount of portion that I should have been having. I would keep eating until I felt literally sick. Like my tummy was aching. It was in pain. I literally crouched to the bathroom or to the bed because I just couldn't walk. I was like a a potato, literally. So if I would go to the toilet... (laughs) It would normally be because I had eaten maybe just a bit less than when I was actually physically ill. When I felt physically ill, I'd literally go and lie down. I've said literally like 10,000 times. Don't literally check me. Yeah, so I'd go lie down on the couch on my bed and just like chill out for a little bit because I was in a food coma. It was messed up. I'd need to like relax for a bit because I felt like I physically couldn't move. But then that whole period of time before I went to the toilet to vomit up, I would feel fucking shit about myself and just so anxious, like, oh my God, this food is going to stay me. But I couldn't, I could barely move. I was so comatized. Not sure if that's a thing. Comatose? I don't don't know. And yeah, so when I would go to the toilet, obviously I'd just throw up. But otherwise, I would just go and chill out for a bit because I was physically in pain and mentally because I just felt shit about what I'd done. Anyways, so I'd binge eat each like 10,000 fucking portions in one sitting. And then I would feel guilty, ashamed, and just shit. So then, eventually, I would make sure, even if it was after a little bit, I would go to the goddamn toilet and I would throw up absolutely everything until I could taste uh, acid. Then I would either get dizzy and always... I would feel shit again. Wow, we love this cycle of shit. You should, instead of calling it the binge eating cycle, you should call it the shit cycle because technically that's what it is. It was just a horrible all-round feeling. 
But so is the eating disorder, so I guess they go fucking hand in hand. <sighs> Anyways, and then so I would just do that for a bit. And sometimes I would even just... Oh, actually, I just remember something as well. I would actually sometimes when I had so much food that I physically couldn't eat more I would go and throw up what I had in and then continue eating straight away fuck me that was bad Ah, so yeah I'd either do that or I'd just go and cry or be sad and do whatever else and then repeat yeah not ideal is it if you can relate it's not ideal but we can get out of that we can remember You are capable of anything that you set your mind to. And I know it's tough right now, but trust me, you can push through. Go listen to all of the ways that you can stop binge eating and you can do it. I'm telling you, I have so much love and support to you. I'm sending it all to you. Love you. So what is binge eating? Binge eating disorder, you can call it BED for short, B-E-D, is compulsive eating. People that normally develop binge eating disorder normally have feelings of helplessness or the feeling that they don't have control. I'm going to call binge eating disorder bed, by the way. So if you hear me say bed, I'm not talking about sleeping. So bed can can impact people of all ages and sizes and is considered a mental illness. So I don't like saying bed, to be honest. Okay, whatever. Binge eating disorder involves eating a large and excessive amount of food taking place in a quick amount of time. It can also be like an extended feed as well. So during a binge eating episode, a person may not be hungry, but continues to eat and get to that point of feeling really uncomfortable and really full. People that binge eat commonly try to eat alone or in secret and experience a lot of shitty feelings that come with guilt and shame and disgust and you also are in a really low and unhappy mood after the binge eat because you're feeling guilty and shameful and shit so binge eating disorder is not actually the same as bulimia nervosa it is very similar but not the same so binge eating is similar because you know you have those shitty feelings of self-hatred low self-esteem shame and guilt especially after you know you've binged or you've vomited yada yada but the difference is bulimia is when those activities happen after, like you engage in the, the vomiting, the over-exercising, the fasting, or the misuse of laxatives, anemias, or diuretics. By the way, thank you, Eating Disorders Victoria, for this information. Oh, and quick side note, by the way, um, just this is completely off topic, but still relevant. The Facebook group, I just want to let you know that you can post in it anonymously so if you're a bit like anxious about people knowing who you are the only person that will see it is me and other admins but it's just me on the admin team at the moment so yeah if you are worried about posting something and people seeing who you are they can't tell that you're the one that posts this but either way we're all here to be supportive of each other where we can all feel heard and loved and once again supported okay anyways back to this Quick fun fact, by the way, did you know, thank you for this stat, Eating Disorders Victoria, that binge eating disorder is the most common of all eating disorders in Australia, okay? So it is estimated that it affects 47% of Australians with an eating disorder. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. So now that you know what binge eating disorder actually is, we're going to go into the signs and symptoms. These are the most common signs and symptoms for binge eating disorder. All right. So signs and symptoms of binge eating disorder include having an overwhelming sense of lack of control regarding eating behavior. Another one is eating more rapidly than normal, having chaotic, unpredictable eating patterns, feeling out of control around food, having periods of uncontrolled, impulsive, or continuous eating, often to the point of feeling uncomfortably full. Another sign is compulsively eating whatever food is available, regardless of how enjoyable it is. Another sign is eating when you're not physically hungry, eating excessive amounts of off-limit foods, off-limit is in quotation marks, having concern about weight gain following a binge eating episode, Having excessive money spent on food. Ooh, does that bring back a little of not great memories? Yeah, a lot of money that could have been put into savings was put into my goddamn food. Let's not go back there. Let's not go back. Did you notice that I sounded like Jennifer Coolidge when I said yeah? If you didn't, please go rewind and let me know because I thought I did. If you disagree, please send me your Jennifer Coolidge impressions because mine was unintentional and for that, I'm proud. Thank you very much. Anyways, another one is feeling high, numb or disassociated during a binge eating episode, feeling desperate to break the cycle of binge eating, repeated episodes of binge eating, which often results in feelings of shame or guilt. Another sign is eating in secret. Or avoiding social situations, particularly those involving food. Another sign is eating normal, like quote-unquote normal, quantities in social settings and binging when alone. 
having a low self-esteem and embarrassment over physical appearance. Feeling extremely distressed, upset and anxious during and after a binge episode. Having the fear of disapproval of others. Self-harming or suicide attempts. Being overly sensitive to references about weight or appearance. Feeling guilt, self-disgust and self-hatred. And having depression or anxiety. Thank you kindly to Eating Disorders Victoria for this information. And we all thank you. Other signs and symptoms of a binge eating disorder include hiding food to eat later in secret, eating continuously throughout the day with no planned meal times, having feelings of stress and tension that is only relieved by eating, feeling embarrassed by how much you eat, feeling numb while you're binging, never feeling satisfied no matter how much you eat, feeling desperate to control your weight and your eating habits, and eating until you're uncomfortably full. So ask yourself, are you eating to escape your worries, your stress, your reality? Are you using food as your comfort source? Are you thinking about food all the time? Are you eating in secret? Are you? Do you feel a lack of control? Are you eating until you feel sick? Do you feel like you can't stop the amount that you were eating? Are you feeling disgusted, guilty, ashamed, hateful about yourself when you eat and after? Are you either avoiding social events altogether because you fear people seeing how much you eat? Or are you eating a different amount of food when you go out with people and then eating more when you get home? Ask yourself, are you bored when you're trying to eat? Are you actually hungry? Are you going to food as some sort of escape? Go check out the previous episode. I'll talk all about this. Ask yourself these questions and try to answer honestly. Because once you start to accept and acknowledge what it is that you're struggling with, you can then do something about it. And I know that you have the strength to do it. You can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Alright, so now let's go over the triggers to binge eating disorders. So it's very important to be aware of what your triggers are that is leading you to binge eat. Because if you are able to identify what it is that is leading to you to go and binge eat, then you can work on that. It's like finding the root of the cause. You can find the root, then you dig it up and throw it out. Okay, so find the root of the cause and then you can work on that. You can tackle the underlying problem that is leading to all of this other shit. Pretty much if you find the root, you will find the cause and you can kill that root. Chop it up. So, potential trigger number one is food and eating. So, maybe you're under eating or intentionally restricting or dieting. This trigger could be you feeling hungry or unsatisfied all the time. I would highly recommend if you feel like one of your main triggers is has to do with food, go listen to the Emotionally Eating podcast, the episode before this. Episode 15, I believe. Yes, I just checked. Episode 15. So another food trigger is feeling like you can't eat the foods that you want to eat. So by this, I mean, say you really wanted that chocolate bar and you just cannot eat it. And therefore, if you eat it, that leads to you putting yourself down, you criticizing yourself and then going from one chocolate bar to 10,000 unhealthy things or because you're giving yourself this mindset that you've already fucked up eating this one chocolate bar, that it's too late, you must keep going, you must overindulge now. 
Another trigger could be feeling full and still wanting to eat. Another is thinking about food and having like intrusive thoughts about it. And also having food available. So this includes having snacks available in your house. Maybe you work at a place where they give you free lunch in the kitchen. Or as I once used to have, I had chicken nuggets being served as we worked. That was the best. I love and miss that so much. But it also was me binge eating. So yeah. So yeah, those are some examples of what your food triggers could be. So things to do with food that lead you to feel triggered and therefore binge eat. So another main trigger has to do with your body. So the following are some examples of body-related triggers that then lead you to binge eat. So we've got shopping for new clothes and you find a size or you fit into a size that is unacceptable to you. So I think I've talked about this before, but to summarize it, I once went shopping with my mum to buy a shirt and she wanted me to get the size up because she thought it looked better on me. And I freaked the fuck out. I started crying, having an anxiety attack going like, oh my God, I can't get a size up. That is fucked up. I can't be any bigger than I am already and I'll never get any bigger ever again. And you know what? I also chucked out all of my um, bigger clothes. And by bigger, just keep in mind that I literally mean just a bigger size. And I chucked them all out because I was so paranoid of getting any bigger. So then once I put back on the weight, I had no clothes. Good on me. Obviously, I understand why I did what I did in the moment, but yeah. That was not a fun clothing expense to buy more clothes. But it was also fun because it's always nice to go shopping and try new things. Anyway, so another body-related trigger could be you needing to wear clothes that will reveal parts of your body. For example, like your tummy. So you're wearing short shorts. Obviously, your short shorts doesn't reveal your tummy. But um, say a crop top for your tummy. But for someone that maybe thinks that their legs are a bit bigger and they're uncomfortable with that... Wearing shorts would make them feel uncomfortable. Or maybe it's something like you have to wear your swimsuit. Just something to do with wearing more revealing clothing. So speaking of this, another trigger could then be you discovering that your clothes are too tight or too small. Another trigger could be you feeling like you're fat or bigger or just being really uncomfortable and upset about your weight or your shape or your figure. If so, please refer to the episode where I talk about body dissatisfaction versus body positivity. It is episode number nine. Another trigger could be you always weighing yourself on the scales and maybe realizing that you are heavier than you anticipated. And another trigger could be you having constant and intrusive thoughts about your weight and your body size. Now, another main trigger has to do with your moods and emotions. So this includes feeling tired or lonely or depressed or angry, tense, anxious, fearful, bored and even feeling happy and excited about something maybe you're feeling bored or you're thinking about some sort of childhood habits or traumas that you've had or maybe you plan to socially eat and that scares you so then we have trigger section number four your psychological risk factors so this includes having a link between depression and binge eating also having troubles with impulse control and also struggling to express your feelings Other psychological risks are having a low self-esteem and having body dissatisfaction. So trigger number five is social and cultural risks. So this includes feeling the social pressure to be thin. So then as a result, you turn to food for comfort. You may also be following a lot of influences, for example, online, and it just brings you down. You feel shit about yourself and then you turn to food. Trigger number six is to become ravenous. So this is when you become overly hungry and you finally 
have some food. You are most likely going to eat faster and a bigger quantity and be less focused on how much you're actually consuming and having less control about it as well. So it's common for people with binge eating disorder to eat regularly but also skip meals or restrict and diet. But restricting these meals and starving yourself for a while ends up just making you overeat later on. Which leads to our next trigger with irregular eating. This is when you regularly skip meals. So whether it's purposefully or maybe you're under a time constraint. Some people may then, when it comes to food, eat more than necessary. And then it turns into a cycle when you then starve yourself out for a while and then repeat. Trigger number eight is having setbacks. So this is kind of like having the all or nothing mindset. So it kind of has to do with that chocolate bar example I had. It's like you eat a certain amount and you're like, oh, I shouldn't. I'm going to use another example. I shouldn't have had that extra piece of pizza. So now that I had just a little bit too much, I've already gone this far. I'm just going to keep eating because I've already overconsumed. Like it's too late. I fucked up. I'll start again tomorrow. I'll try again tomorrow. Like I can't do anything about it now. I ate that extra slice of pizza. So I might as well binge the fuck out now. Our next trigger is having low self-esteem. So this is when you think badly about yourself and you almost punish yourself with the food. So you overeat, you overindulge and you just trap yourself in this really shitty cycle of feeling guilty and shameful for what you look like and who you are. So you overeat and you just grow that sense of self-hatred even more. You continue that guilt and that shame and it just becomes this cycle and it gets worse and makes you feel worse. It is time to grow that self-love, my love. Go to the episodes that I have on self-love because I understand why you feel this way and why you do what you do. But you don't need to feel that way, okay? You are beautiful, you are loved, and you deserve to love yourself, especially. Okay? It's time to grow that self-love. And number 10 is your environmental triggers. So your surroundings. So whether it leads back to our other point about your home having these snacks around you or maybe you're at a party and there's all these like self-serve goodies or maybe you're at the supermarket and there's certain like specific foods that you see then trigger you to overeat. Whether you see that goddamn chocolate bar and you grab it and you take it and you eat it or maybe the serving sizes that you get whether or not you've portioned it yourself or you're at a restaurant is large and There's always the incentive to eat everything that's on your plate. So that's another big trigger. Just like finishing off everything that's in front of you. And you see that chocolate bar, you're not even hungry. And you're like, yum, I'm going to eat it anyway. Also, quick fun fact. I I like chocolate, don't get me wrong. But I don't go to it as my go-to treat. So I'm surprised I keep using it as the example. Maybe I do want a chocolate bar. But I ain't hungry, so I won't be having one. See, gold star for me and gold star for you too if you don't eat when you're not hungry. Thank you very much. So just to summarize all of the different factors that can then lead to you feeling triggered and then binge eating are number one, food and eating. Number two, body related. Number three, your mood and emotions. Number four, your social and cultural factors. Number five, your psychological factors. Number six, feeling ravenous. Number seven, having an irregular eating schedule. Number eight, having setbacks. Trigger number nine is having a low self-esteem. So when you already think bad about yourself, you then overeat. You feel even more guilty and shameful that you bring yourself down even more and you just create this horrible, horrible 
cycle of bringing yourself down when you really shouldn't because you are beautiful. And number 10 is environmental triggers. So have a think whether or not any of these triggers resemble with you. And if they do, I would 100% recommend going to episode 2, how I stopped binge eating because I have resembled with every single one of these triggers. Woo! So if even you related to one of these triggers, I'm sure episode 2 will help you because they helped me overcome all of these triggers that we're just talking about now. So now that you know what your triggers actually are, you can then work on them. Crush it, say, I know you, I know you're that trigger that's bugging my life. And now I'm going to say goodbye. I know who you are. I've seen your face. I've seen who you are and what you're made of. And I'm better than you. So fuck off. Bye. All right. And now that you know some triggers, I'm going to give you a few strategies as to how to address these triggers. Keep in mind, though, that you can go back to the Stopping Binge Eating episode for even more information. So strategy number one is to keep a food diary. You're keeping this to look for patterns in your eating behaviors. So you should write down the times that you've eaten, what you ate, where you ate, why you ate. So I want you to write down how you were feeling and why it is that you think that you decided to eat. And be honest, we're trying to identify patterns here. So even if you literally realize that you felt bored and you ate, maybe you felt happy or maybe you were literally hungry. Great. And then also add on how you felt before you ate and after you ate. This food diary is strictly to focus on the reasons why you ate and the emotions that you felt behind it, okay? Strategy number two is to practice mindful eating. This is to have no distractions. I've said this before, but I do watch TV when I eat, but I pre-portion my food and I figured out when it is that I start to feel full and that's come with a lot of practice, okay? So I would recommend to eat without any distractions first. But if you feel like you have a better understanding of your portion sizes and what makes you feel satisfied but not overly full, then, yep, enjoy your favorite show. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. But the point of having no distractions is so that you can really focus on how your body is feeling and being able to appreciate the amazing food that you're eating too. I mean, to be honest, I do that all the time. I love food. Food is awesome. But it also helps you to be more mindful about trying to have smaller bites and to eat slower. Number three is to recognize your emotional triggers. So this will be even easier if you start keeping that food diary. But once you start to recognize your triggers, you can then pull yourself out of it and be like, oh, nope, I'm just fucking bored. I'm going to go for a sauna trip instead. I'm going to go for a walk. 
I'm going to play a game. I figured out that I'm just bored and I need to do something so I will not be eating. Thank you. Number four is to change your environment. If you have all those snacks laying around your house, get rid of them. If you are at a workplace where you get constantly a buffet full of food, if you do, awesome. But bring your own lunch to work. You've prepared a lovely home-cooked meal. You you have no need for that food. Try to meal plan. Follow my Eating with Ali TikTok account for some recipe ideas. (laughs) Number five, avoid the word diet. Especially if you were trying to recover at the moment, it is better to focus on stopping the binge eating rather than restrict even more food and make it such a difficult time for yourself. The most important thing that you can do right now is to stop the harmful habits, which is of course the eating disorder. Number six is to feel, feel your emotions. If you were feeling shit that day, that is okay. Feel it. Accept what you were feeling. I highly suggest journaling. Different to the food journal. This one's for every time you were feeling shit or literally anything. If something happens, even your wholesome moments, write it down. Write down what happened and how it made you feel. Release that shit onto a piece of paper or your phone notes. It is so relieving. Number seven is to find your exercise. By this I mean what makes you happy and excited to exercise. Go do multi-sports with your friends so you have a whole variety of sports. Go join different gym classes so you can see what you like best. There are so many different sports and exercises out there that it will be fun to experiment them all and step out of your comfort zone. That's a tick. And another tick is that you're moving your body. Tick. Another one is you are releasing happy endorphins and hopefully feeling less stress. Tick, tick. And... You're not eating when you don't need to. Woo! So point number eight is to listen to your body. Do you know how long my heart and my stomach was aching and in pain and like literally in so much pain that sometimes I would literally shriek in pain. It was so, 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 so painful. And I ignored it because I knew deep down that this was my body telling me to stop what the fuck I'm doing and I wasn't ready to listen to it. But... But it is important to listen to the signs that your body is giving you. It is asking for help. It is telling you what you need to know. So I pushed that to the back of my mind for so, so long. And I knew it was there. I knew why it was there. But I refused to accept it and acknowledge it. Not good. Not good at all. So listen to your body. It is telling you something for a reason. Number nine is one of my favorite things to suggest is to set that timer. If you are feeling quote unquote hungry. Set that timer. Set it for half an hour. Go do other stuff in the meantime. Go drink a big glass of lovely water and to give yourself time to make a decision, a conscious and well-thought decision about whether or not you're actually hungry. And a good chance is you probably are not. So set that timer, go do other shit and then come back to it. And if you are still hungry, then fair enough, go eat some food. And suggestion number 10 is to get enough sleep i struggled to get to sleep but i could sleep all day it's shocking not that that's relevant to anything that i'm about to say but when you don't get enough sleep that you need your body starts to crave sugary foods and you know why i'll tell you why because it is looking for quick boosts of energy so sleep deprivation may actually lead to trigger food addiction So getting plenty of rest helps with your appetite control and it reduces your food cravings and it actually helps support your mood as well. Okay, and suggestion number 10 is to manage your stress. We need to find other and healthier ways to relieve stress. 
So this could be all of the exercises that we talked about. Or meditation. Sauna. We need to find healthier ways that help us relieve stress. It's time to find healthier ways to deal with your stress that has nothing to do with food. No more seeking comfort in food. Rather, seek comfort in your own calm, present thoughts during meditation. Or calm yourself in the sauna. You heard it. You heard the benefits. Relieving stress was one of them. And I don't know about you, but I wouldn't eat in a sauna. So go and sit in that sauna. Go feel calm, feel present, and fill yourself with goodness and heat. And fuck off the food. Make food an irrelevant part of your coping strategy to feel less stressed and to feel calm. Food will no longer be in the picture. You can do it. All right? I believe in you. Go sit in that sauna. Thank you so much, guys. That is the end of today's episode. A big, warm and happy welcome to our new listeners in Ukraine. We are all sending so much love and support to you. And welcome to the Eat With Ali family. Thank you guys for listening. I love you all so much. Thank you for listening to Ali yap on again. You know I love saying yap. Add it into your daily dictionary, please. It's so much fun to use. Obviously not with ill intent, but it is fun to say. If I do say so myself love you i said it once and i'll say it again love you love you love you thank you for listening can't wait to talk to you soon and it is time and we're going to continue to eat with ali